0: morning. Morning. Excited to be at church this morning. So good to be here. As Pastor James said, let me reiterate that. Welcome home. Welcome to the Avenue. Glad you're here today. We haven't met before. My name is Dave DiFrancesca, and my wonderful wife of 16 years just walked into the room and she is, uh, uh, we started this church about five and a half years ago. And so we are excited about what God's doing and glad you're here this morning. If we haven't met, we'd love to Take a moment and meet you in the lobby in the way out this morning as you exit. Um, If you are new here, we have an event this evening called Growth Track, simply a place that you can discover why in the world you might be in this world. Um, I just think that I don't want to get to the end of my life and not know why I existed. And so this is really a starting point for a lot of people to discover what god has a pur- what purpose god has for them in their lives and so this evening from six to eight o'clock you can sign up online register there it is a free event child care is provided as well uh and you can get the information for it there Myavenue.church forward slash growth track you can sign up right there we'd love to have you this evening it is the first sunday night of the month and so if you can't make it this evening you can plan on being there in november as well but we'd love to have you there you can also ask any question about the church you know, we really don't give open mic on Sunday morning, <laughs> we're not passing it around for people to ask questions about the church, but at that event, it's a great time for you to just say, hey, uh, I have a question, and feel free to ask anything you might want to know about the church there as well uh, at that time, too, because I won't be there, and so the other pastors can handle all your crazy questions. How about that? <laughs> just kidding. Also, put on your calendar for uh, October the 15th, two weeks from today is our next Dream Team party. Come on, Dream Team is our core volunteers, they make the avenue happen, it's everybody that just works so hard around here that does everything from leading small groups to set up, to take care of our children, to hospitality, to make hot coffee, all of it, and so we'd love to uh, celebrate, have a good time, so once a month uh, through the fall, we are doing a Dream Team night, last time we had a great time celebrating, this time I hear that there is going to be a chili cook-off at this event, you're like, man, I want to be a part of that, um, so do I. And so you still have time. You can join the Dream Team if you're not even sure. Listen, I didn't tell the first services. If you're not sure you want to join the Dream Team, but you want to see what the party's like, come out to the party too. Make a friend. that You'll be like, I want to join the Dream Team. I want to be a part of what God's doing right here in this church as well. You can sneak in. We'd love to have you there. Next, uh, two weeks from tonight, the 15th at 6 p.m. I'd like to take a moment and just look in the camera and shout out my friend, Gus he's he's watching the service this morning online. So good to see you last week, and thanks for joining us this morning. And thanks to everybody else watching online. Can we put our hands together and welcome people watching online? So good. We are in a series called Miracles. We are unpacking the miracles of Jesus. We have identified 37 unique miracles Jesus did in his life on the earth, recorded by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four Gospels in the New Testament. You don't have to know a lot about Jesus. You don't have to know a lot about church to really engage this series. It's about unpacking not just the miracle that he did, uh, but about who he is. I never want to stop at just the miracle and be satisfied at the miracle. I want to know more about the one that can make the miracle happen. Come on, our desire is to talk about Jesus. It's to learn about Jesus. It's to understand Jesus. It's to get closer to Jesus, sing songs about Jesus, preach messages about Jesus, have small groups about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Do you get the idea, the theme of the avenue? People say, where did you get that name, the avenue? John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So we just said, hey, let's put a spin on that and call it the avenue. Let's do life together as we follow Jesus. And so, that's what it is about. This series, you can, uh, it's a little different. This series is actually in the sixth week now. Our series normally run about four weeks long. We take a theme or topic and talk about it for a month. This one is in week six, and we still have about two more weeks to go. And so, we're just excited about this. It's the first time we've ever done an eight-week series. If you were here, uh, you've learned about different miracles. If not, you can go back to our YouTube page or uh, website and watch those messages as well if you have your bible turn with me to the book of mark chapter 7 verse 31 through 37 we're going to read a little story about jesus there jesus was on a mission i mean you don't know jesus did everything intentionally it wasn't accidental it wasn't happenstance but jesus operated with a mandate he was intentional about what he said about where he went so we read a verse there in we read something in verse 31 that says, Jesus left the vicinity of Tire and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee into the region of the Decapolis. It takes a whole verse to describe Jesus' geographical travels. It's not there just to kind of be filler. It's there because it's a reason Jesus was here. He went further across the Sea of Galilee, north of Jerusalem, the northeast side of Israel. He went back and forth over the water. One time he walked it, and one time he took a boat. Then he comes back down. He shoots all the way across over here to the Mediterranean Sea, to a little town, visits somebody, does something there, comes back, and he felt like he needed to come back. And you know, the disciples were like, Jesus, we are getting our steps in today. We're really tracking across this countryside. Don't you think you could see what these people are doing all at once and save some time on travel, be more efficient? But Jesus was on mission. So when he comes back down through Sidon towards Galilee again he goes into Decapolis, it's just simply a city, it's a, uh, it's a region of ten cities there. And he's there on purpose with intention. There are some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. This man has a disability. He was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, Jesus took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. He spit and touched the man's tongue. I need a volunteer. Somebody will come up this morning and help me with a sermon illustration. Uh-uh. Nope. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, "Ephatha." If you want to pronounce that different in your own way, you can. That's the way I'm going with this morning which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. I love the fact that this man did not have to go to a pathologist to learn how to speak when his miracle happened. He learned on the fly. In the moment his miracle occurred, he didn't have to learn the language. He began to speak it fluently, plainly. Don't overlook these little things that we read through and go, well, that's a miracle in itself. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, and the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. What a strange command you give them, Jesus. People were overwhelmed with amazement. They said he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. I love the way that they emphasize they saw the excellence Jesus carried himself with. They saw that he did all things well. He kept his sash nice and ironed. He kept his shoes fresh. Like Jesus carried himself in a way that was excellent so people noticed it. Jesus lived his life at a level of excellence. They were amazed at how well he did things. And oh, by the way, he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. What an amazing verse. They noticed Jesus because he did everything so well. And, oh, on the side, he also does these miracles. Are you living your life in a way that's so excellent that people notice it? They recognize it. They see you have a high level of excellence about how you carry yourself, conduct yourself. Live your life that way, and people will notice. little side nugget there as we dive into this Romans 10:17. one more verse jump ahead a couple books it says so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ let's pray God we thank you this morning for your word It's so good to us I pray today that we would hear we'd feel we'd see we'd understand in a way like we never have before God we thank you for all that you're doing in this place God I pray that we would see and ex- hear and experience you like we never have before and I asked that the Astros and the Orioles would not meet in the playoffs so we don't split the church. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 See, we're in unity there. We've been pulling clips out of the Chosen series to help emphasize the miracles that we're doing, we're talking about. So take a quick look and check out these screens. Yeah. He must be the rabbi we've heard so much about. More than heard about, as I understand. Rise. I'm sorry for the trouble. No. The strife between Jew and Gentile was there all along in a village, just simmering beneath the surface. It's simply out in the open now. Hmm. It's bound to happen sooner or later. It was bound to happen now. Rabbi. Telemachus? Jesus of Nazareth. Your teachings have reached us. So I have heard. He has not. What do you mean? He's deaf. My Abba cannot hear and can barely speak. Tell him, Marcus, you are out of line. This is not why we need Jesus. Why shouldn't it be? Because, Rabbi, there are far greater problems right now than one man's name. I can think of no better place to start. Didn't mean to spring this on you, I promise. I really didn't know. Please, Rabbi, I don't mean to disrespect I that. understand, son. <laughs> Don't be afraid. That's what birds sound like. They sing. (laughs) I don't even hear them. Abba, can you hear me? The sound of your voice! The sound of my voice! (laughs) Rebecca! Saying that right. Yes, it's perfect. How do, how do I know? How can we ever repay you? I have no money, don't no the compensation. Actually, you can. How? By telling no one what happened. I strictly charge you to keep this quiet, which should be easy for you. You've had quite a lot of practice. <laughs> now is not the time for this word to spread. Do you hear me? Now I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> So, That's I like that little bit of personality that give Jesus there. It's not so stiff and serious as we assume he may be. They get a sense of humor about him. I really like emphasizing and pulling out the visuals like that, although in the story we see the accuracy of that there are crowds and there are people and, and, and I really want to unpack that this morning because I believe in our lives we oftentimes need to have a place where we are hearing from God. I was recently on an airplane, and I read a story. You know the little magazines that you never read that are down in front? Where I opened one of those up. I thought, I wonder what's in it, and I opened it up and started reading. And as I was browsing through it, on the airplane, there's a story about an airplane. Now, how many of y'all know, if you're reading a story about an airplane on an airplane, for some reason it seems ironic, but it's probably not going to be about how well the airplane flies. It's like the challenge that the pilot was going to face. So the story goes that this pilot had just got his license and invited his friend to go on a trip with him, and they go up in the little aircraft into the air. The pilot, though, hits a certain altitude, doesn't take his insulin shot, and because of his diabetes, he goes into uh, he passes out, becomes unconscious. And as he does, the passengers there with him he has never been to flight school. Like many of us, he's never had any experience about what's going on now. He puts the headphones on and begins to try to call out for help, 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 help on the radio. A voice comes back over through his headphones and he hears somebody say, this is the control tower. Explain what's going on. So he tells him, "My, my friend was a pilot. He's passed out. What do I do? And the man said, listen to me, listen to me, sir. If you can hear me, I can help you. He said, I see you. You're on my radar. And if you'll do everything I say to do, I'll help you land this plane safely. But you have to follow my directions. How many of y'all know? That man with those headphones on didn't question whether or not, should I throttle more? There's a button. Can I push any button? There's a good landing spot right there. How about we try to set down? He just did everything he was told. And for the next 20 minutes, With the control tower speaking to the man through the headphones, he flew this plane and safely landed it because he followed every instruction the man gave him, even though he couldn't see the man. The man could see him on his radar. God can see you on the radar. He's not visual to our eyes, we can't see him with our natural eyes, but we do have the ability to hear Him speaking to us and giving us direction about what to do with our lives, where to go, how to live, and if we'll just follow those instructions, He will cause us to arrive safely at every destination He has for us. The challenge is simply this. When I'm up in the air flying with Jesus, I'm like, a detour would be nice right now. Oh, what about going there with my life? Hold on, Jesus. I, I, I Somebody's calling. I got to listen to somebody else. Please hold. How many of y'all put Jesus on hold before? Mute. Like just, come on. We've been there. Some of y'all, long time. Like Jesus still waiting on call waiting. Like he's hung up on somebody by now. Because we take control back over our lives, and yet it's a really good metaphor for helping us understand. If you can hear the voice of God... He can help you get to where he wants you to be, which fits really good into the vision of the avenue. We exist to move people from where they are to where he wants them to be. So you need several things in your life to do that, and one is the ability to know the voice of God and to know the Word of God. If you're taking notes, you should write this down. You should know the voice of God, the Word of God. If you only know the voice of God, you could become a fanatic, a religious zealot. Just always going around, God said, God said, God said. And if you only know the word of God, you could become a Pharisee. But it is written, it is written, it is written. Holding people to the word of the law, but not the spirit. So when you have the balance of the two, and you know what God is speaking and what has been written, they work together really well, and together they help us understand it's like stereo versus mono you get both the voice of God the word of God now i have never heard the voice of God audibly in my ears you may have i've met people that have i'm all for it I hope one day i do the problem is most people i've talked to that have are in a situation I don't want to put my life in that kind of situation right <laughs> like i got to catch22 like i got i gotta be bad off or something you know Maybe it can just be, good morning, good to see you today. I'm like, hey, hey, that's good. That'll work. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, I could not imagine hearing the voice of God. This guy's out of his mind. Now, the voice of God can come in many different ways. It doesn't have to come. See, we limit ourselves because of logic, because this is what we know, but God can speak in many ways. At many times. The Bible said he speaks in many ways, many times, through many different people and events. God can speak through an event into your life. Tara and I were flying this week. Went somewhere. A little trip for our anniversary. Somebody took a long time to get out the door and caused us to miss the flight. Now, I would not put it that way if it was her, so you can assume it was me. And it was. (laughs) And we missed our flight. So we had a fly standby. Do you know the frustration of going on a trip with your spouse when you're the reason why you just missed your flight? And My wife is so nice. I could tell you I heard the voice of God through that event. You need to be better planned. You need more margin. You need to do all these other things so that at the last minute you're not doing this. You say, well, that's stretching it. No, it's not. That's God helping me create more space in my life so that I don't run into situations like I had at the airport that day. God will speak, and it's also in His Word. The Word of God is true. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord shall remain the same. So it's a balance between the Word of God and the voice of God that we need to have in our ears that we're hearing But this man has a disability and he can't hear and he can hardly speak. Now you can understand that because he can't hear and he can hardly speak, he has a scenario that many scholars believe this hearing disability occurred not at birth but at a young age because his speech had begun to develop but was halted and stopped. At the point that he could hear no longer, he could no longer develop his speech. So he could make sounds and utterances, but he could not talk. He had a speech impediment. Why is it important? Because I believe many times many believers and Christians don't know what to say because they can't hear from God. When you can't hear from God for yourself, you don't know how to describe him You don't know how to speak for him. You don't know what to say about him. You don't know what to use to help your parenting, to help your marriage. You don't know what to speak about him over your situation. You've got to learn how to hear from God, the voice of God, the word of God for yourself individually so that you know how to speak. See, God doesn't have a speaking problem. I think we have a hearing problem. And we have something causing us... See, your ear is made up of three parts. The outer ear, the inner ear, and the middle ear. It's very complicated. You can Google that like I did, and you'll find that out. And these three components in the ear make up that when wind, air travels, capturing sound, rushes it in, and breaks it all down, and we have the ability, because we've learned... What those sounds mean and make is a really simplistic version. I'm dumbing it down for me so I can understand it. But because of this, now I can speak because air has traveled, the wind, the voice of God. When he created man, he formed him from the dust of the earth and said, make man in my image. Touched him with his hands, formed and created him, and then breathed the breath of life into him and the air traveled into the man's lungs, filling him up. I believe we need the air of God to travel into our earways so that we can begin to speak the things of God into our lives. It's very important that we understand how vital hearing is. You and I, if you don't have a hearing challenge, it's easy to take it for granted. It's easy to overlook that this... One of our five senses is so vital to our living and how we are. So we, we unpack this story. I want to just give you four simple words to help us that I kind of extracted out of it to see. And the first one is simply this: aware. All four words begin with the letter A. It should be easy to follow, easy to take notes. Aware. This man was brought to Jesus by his friends. Verse 32. They brought him to him. He was deaf, could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. And a couple thoughts here. One, people were aware of his disability, and he was aware that they knew about it. It is vital that in your life there are people who know your dysfunctions, your flaws, your disabilities. And not just what is seen on the outside, the physical, but who you are on the inside. You're emotional. You're spiritual. You're mental. The things that you can cover up and hide really well. Had these people, had the crowd not been aware of this man's disabilities, they would not have urged him and carried him to Jesus and said, please, 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 and begged him to touch him. But because they were aware And he was aware, they were aware. What if this man had tried to hide that? One of the greatest ways we try to hide our flaws, our our deficiencies, is simply through isolation. Not going to go to church. Not going to be a part of a community. Not going to go to small group. Not going to show up at growth track. Not going to do this thing. Because if I do, I put myself in a vulnerable position where somebody might see a deficiency in my life, then i got to deal with it. So if I don't reveal them and they're not aware of them, I can keep them hidden. So who in your life is aware of your deficiencies, your flaws? Now don't make me back up further and prove that everybody has them. We all do. I think we can all agree on that. We all have a deficiency somewhere, a disability, a flaw in who we are. But who is aware of it? Who knows about it? Who is aware to keep you accountable and walking with you through that thing? These people were aware. There's so much in these 25 words in this one verse. They begged him, Jesus, place your hand on him. And this is funny to me, because God's not into following the directions I give him. Now, got the headphones on, flying that plane. Dave, I'm going to need you to slow down. No, God, I think we're going to accelerate this part of my life right here. You know, the church is portable. Let's accelerate through this and get to that building real fast. Come on, God. Let's throttle forward. God's not into taking instructions from me. I don't know about you. Do you do well giving God directions? Does it go over well when you tell him, hey, we're going to do it this way, God? The people are demanding Jesus... It's crazy because an expectation and faith that he could do it to the point that they told Jesus how to do it. Touch him with your hand. They had seen him do this before. If he just touches him, he'll be healed. Amazing faith. And yet they missed out because they were trying to give Jesus, hey, Jesus, do that little party trick you do. Hey, Jesus, but can the clay tell the potter How to form it. But he was deaf and he could hardly talk. I need you to just get yourself thrown into this story this morning. Put yourself in this man's shoes. He never felt his favorite song play. He never heard three greatest words spoken. I love you. He can't hear. He can hardly communicate. And he's been this way for a long, long time. And it's affected every area of his life. His disability now has affected his speech, his economic status, his friendships, his self-worth, his emotions, his faith, his value. Everything in his life has been impacted all because this man cannot hear and can barely speak. I read this story one time about a bus driver. This bus driver would pick up teams for schools often And he would drive them, drop them, leave them for the day, go get lunch, do another route, come back, pick them up, return them. This one particular day, he picked up at a school for blind boys. So he picked them up, and as they were loading on the, he noticed they had on uniforms that were track and field. So he asked a couple questions, and they said, yeah, they're they're off for a track meet. Got loaded up. As he's driving there, he's processing this, his thought is, these boys have a disability. They can't see. They're blind, but they're going to this track meet. I'm going to skip that cheeseburger place I normally go to, and i got to see this for myself. So he unloads them, parks the bus, gets out, goes around, finds out that the coaches will be standing at the finish line, and as the coaches are standing at the finish line, they'll be there waiting for the boys when the race begins until it ends. So he's watching and observing from the fence, standing there looking at this race about to go down. The gun goes off and the boys are in the blocks they take off running and as they take off running there is a coach at the finish line in the lane that each boy is running in. and the coach has one job he's yelling here 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 over and over and these boys who have no vision or sight they're blind are running towards the sound of a voice and i would think that is mass confusion If everybody was yelling, here, 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 Dave, be here, Dave, be here, Dave, come here, over here, Dave, here, like, you just go crazy. How do you even know where you're supposed to be when everybody's telling you to be here? But what he didn't know that he learned was that those boys learned the sound of the voices of the coach. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and none other will they listen to. Because when you learn to hear the voice of God and the word of God, even though everything in the world is calling you, come to this club, come to this relationship, come to this bed, come do this thing. Everything is calling you here. You can hear the word of God, and it drowns it all out, and you can stay on the path that you've been designed to run in. And they would run to the sound of their coach's voice. It's amazing. Why? Because there's something called heightened senses. That of our five senses, when one is deficient or disabled and goes out, another will rise up to help. And so these boys, their hearing rose up when their sight went out. But for this man, he had no hearing, could hardly talk. So Jesus, what are you doing? What are you doing exactly? Because this man may not even understand. Point number two, Jesus takes him aside. Verse 33, so he took him aside, away from the crowd. And there are some things in life that God is taking you off to the side so he can unload them. He can get them out of your life. There are some things, some habits that you need to set to the side. There are some mindsets you need to set to the side. There are some behaviors you need to set to the side. And I love this graceful act of Jesus because he didn't do it in the crowd in front of everybody. Kind of off to the side, he begins to help this man because this man is very vulnerable now. Why and who is this man that you all have left me with Y'all over there, I'm over here. I would speculate this man didn't know who Jesus was. He couldn't hear. So no one could told him. He's going to fix your hearing, bro. he's just walking over there, vulnerable and trusting. He gets to the side, and I love it because I think Jesus is simply always doing more than what we see with our eyes. You ever have a situation in life where you're like, God, I need a miracle here, and he's like, I I got that, but I gotta work on this over here too. Lord, fix my spouse. He's like, I got that, but I'm gonna work on you. Lord, fix my kids. I got that, Mm, work on your parenting skills. God, fix my boss. I'm going to work on you. But he does it a lot of times off on the side. This is why it's vital and it's important you have places where you gather in groups, gather in crowds, and you gather off to the side with Jesus. What does your personal time with Jesus look like? Do you give him space where he can help set some things aside out of your life? You know those friends? to the side. You know that way of living? To the side. He'll speak to you in groups like this. He'll speak to you in small groups, in crowds. But I also know he speaks to me oftentimes when I'm just alone with him, but I've got to create that space to be there. It seems funny to me that oftentimes the miracles he does in my life are when he has removed something from my life. The miracle comes to fill in where he has removed something else away, which leads us to number three, away. We become aware, go to the side, and away. Jesus took him aside, away from the crowd. And you have to trust him to leave the crowd and be alone with him. I think sometimes people trust God more in a crowd like this than they do six o'clock in the morning alone like this. Because in a crowd like this, it can be corporate, and I can kind of like just let it fall. But if I'm alone like this at lunchtime, and there's nobody around, and he says something, he's probably talking to me. So he has to get you away from some situations, get you away from some crowds, away from some things so that he can get your attention y'all like to listen to airpods headphones full blast max volume as loud as they possibly can get anybody that's the only way to listen to it right like what is this like volume 3 stuff like stop playing around like crank it up when you do you, you turn them all the way up you got them blasting they're as loud as you can get them And as they are, you're like, oh, the music is overwhelming. I can hear every piece of the music, the lyrics, instruments, all of it. It's all coming through loud and clear. So I like to cut my grass. still like to take care of my lawn. Edge It's therapeutic. I really enjoy it. It's good exercise. I like to do it myself. Get out there and do it. But when I do it, I don't like the sound of the lawnmower so much. I like the smell of the grass, but not so much the sound. So I put my headphones on, full volume. Why? Because I want to drown out the sound of the lawnmower. How many know I'm not making the lawnmower any more quiet? I'm not reducing the sound of the lawnmower. I'm just increasing the volume of what I hear. So when I have these headphones on, I'm listening and jamming out to a 90s playlist. Don't laugh. Whatever it is I'm listening to, but I haven't quieted anything around me. Sometimes you can't make the voices around you be quiet, but you can increase the voice of God in your life. So there are times when you have to go max volume with God so he can speak to you about anything, anywhere, at any time. Because sometimes you got to put those headphones. I should have bought some headphones to give them away. Sometimes you got to put those headphones on you so you can hear him in a situation where it's crowded and everybody is talking about what they want to talk about, telling you to do what they want you to do, and you've got to hear for him yourself so you can get that direction, that instruction that information for who you are. Instead of listening to who the world says you are. No, this is the voice of God. I am your creator and your father. And this is who you are. Because the crowd will come in and the crowd will just, they'll be there for you some days and gone some days. They bring him to Jesus. And in that moment, we see Jesus recognizes point number four, the appointment. Now, interruptions would seem to be accidental, but appointments are intentional. When you arrive at an appointment, it's because you scheduled it as a priority and put it on your calendar. It held a space in your day, and you arrived at the appointment at the appointed time. See, Jesus would seem to have almost been happenstance and unintentional about many of his miracles. I think Jesus was on a mission to do every one of them. The tension Jesus had between being human and God at the same time, knowing what he was going to do, but then also now processing high tension inside of him. He arrives for an appointment well, a man who doesn't know it's on his calendar. And I thought, man, this is, this is a beautiful little message, God. Thank you. Put a bow on it, wrap it up, tie it, put a cherry on top, call it a Sunday. And I had a different ending. And I was looking at this, and I, so takes him off to the side puts his fingers in his ears he spit touched the man's tongue let the man get healed Jesus did all that he put his fingers in the man's ears he spits and he puts that saliva on the man's tongue don't have a record of a healing. I got a picture of what happens so many times in church when people come in and they get touched by God and they walk out thinking they're healed and they're not. They think because they've been touched they enjoyed that song. You did so good with that song. It touched me. Walk out of here and you're not any different or changed because you came up short before the miracle happened. When you read this particular story and unpack it, you'll realize just having a touch from Jesus was not enough to change this man's disability and dysfunction. But we'll go to small group. Oh, I got touched tonight. It was so good. I'll be in my personal time. That's a good word. I got touched. And God's trying to do more and go deeper. So what does he do? He gives a man... He puts them, this is disgusting, he puts his fingers in the man's ears. He spits and puts that saliva on the man's tongue. I saw it. Because what's in your saliva? Your DNA. My wife gave me a great gift for my birthday, Ancestry.com. Anybody done it? And on Ancestry.com, they give you a little tube spit in it. It's very complicated, very challenging. Glad I was so smart, educated to be able to do this. End of this tube, seal it up, mail it off. Goes to a lab. Comes back, the report. Twelve weeks later. And gives me a full rundown of what my DNA is. That for hundreds, even thousand years, eight different people groups this guy right here. My DNA. Because your DNA is found in your saliva. And I think Jesus was saying, I want to get my DNA down in this man. I need to change him from the inside out. It's not enough that if his hearing was just here, that he was just here. It's not enough that he would just be able to speak again. I need to change him at his core, at who he is. And so he gets his DNA into this man, and that's the place we need to be, where it's no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. That now I'm changed from the inside out, so the way that I once got angry, I now have peace because he lives in me. I once got fearful, I now I'm not afraid because he lives in me. I once used to lose my mind, I now have the peace of Christ that controls my mind and holds my life together because his DNA is in me. It's not enough for him to just touch you, but he's trying to get in your life so he can change you from the inside out. He puts his fingers in this man's ears. Why? Because on your fingertips are your unique identity, your fingerprints, the code only you have on the outside. The DNA is a code on the inside. The fingerprints are the code you are on the outside. He says, I want people to see I've touched this man's life. Oh, I'm not downplaying your life being touched by God. I want God to hold me. I want him to help me. I want him to touch me. I want his fingerprints to be all over me so when people see me they go, you're different, you sound different, you look different, you act different. What's going on? And they see the hand of God has touched my life. God, that's good. Cuz I need to get inside so that then it comes outside. But this man's still not healed. Verse 34 says, He looked up to heaven, Jesus, and with a deep sigh, he said, "Ephraim." i probably said that ten different ways all morning long. With a deep sigh, he said, "Ephraim," And with a deep sigh, he groaned and sighed this word full of consonants it says Ephrathah which means be opened he sighed and said Ephrathah which means be opened why is Jesus speaking in the past tense about something that has not yet happened opened. So there's one other place in the scripture that this word Ephrathah is used. It's not even used that way but when they translated it to the Septuagint and transliteration back from the Old Testament it literally says there be opened in the past tense. It means in the moment Jesus heals him and says be opened and speaks about an event that has not yet occurred as if it had he's healing this man all the way not in the present but he's healing him in the past when the event occurred that the man lost his hearing so he goes back in time and touches this man in that moment if you will and heals him there Because that's the place he had to get to in his life. He could touch him here, but I still got my trauma. I still got my grief. I still got my pain. The divorce hurt back there, Jesus. Why haven't you healed that yet? And he says, Ephrathah. And he's not content just touching you to make you feel good on the outside. But he wants to go to the place of pain and heal you there. And I'll prove it. Because when he heals him in his past he can speak plainly in the present. He did not have to go to a pathologist and learn how to speak because all of that information that he missed out on for all of his life suddenly got downloaded into him in that moment and he began to speak plainly. Why is, when you about that problem I have, God? God, why is it when I go to small group, somebody has to bring up something that relates to me? Why is it that the pastor knows my life even though I've never told him when he's talking on a Sunday morning? And my mouth that isn't right. And when Jesus touches those places in your life, stop resisting and going, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, God, and let Him into that place. And to the future as if it already existed. You have permission. So, what does that look like in the practical? You can have two choices. You can pray about your kids the way they are, or you can pray about your kids the way they can be. God, I thank you for my kids that love Jesus. I thank you for my kids that obey mom and dad. I thank you for my kids that go to bed on time and they eat broccoli and don't have to fight it and shove it down their throat. God, I thank you for kids that want to go to church and learn in school. I thank you, God, for kids whose behavior is off the charts in excellent ways. God, I thank you for these children who you've given me. And you begin to speak in prayer and over their lives as if it already happened Bible. Romans 4.17 As it is written I have made you and I'll have time to unpack this this morning. He's talking about Abraham, a man who had no children but he's telling Abraham I'm going to make you a father of many nations even though you don't have a son. I'm going to speak to the future as if it already happened even though in the current present situation you can't reproduce. In the presence of him who believed God Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's my Jesus. That's my miracle worker. That's why this thing goes way beyond healing deaf ears and touching a mouth that can barely speak. It goes way beyond what's on the physical, the limitations, the emotional, the flaws, the dysfunctions. It goes deeper than that all the way to a place that I now can operate in a realm and exist to speak to something that is not but it is as if it were by faith the power of expectation somebody once said expectation is the breeding ground for miracles expectation is a place where miracles are birthed so what are you expecting how are you expecting God to speak to you? Do you even give God a chance to speak into your life? Would you stand with me this morning? I didn't have this story in my notes. I closed out the last service and told it. I'll tell it quickly here as I release you guys. But when Luca, who was in the first service, well, he's 10 now, being born. So Tara and I, it was our first time going through a pregnancy. and We're there in the ready to give birth and as we're in that place the nurse comes in and she's checking everything out she says we may have to do a c-section there's a problem he's not facing the right direction there's medical terms for this they're not coming to my mind they said he's not but but we may have to open you up and, and remove him may, you're probably not going to have a natural birth but we've got to get the baby out and I said can we do? She said if you can get him to turn around then we can have a natural birth but if you can't then we're going to have to do a c-section what we knew was that we'd been talking to that baby when he couldn't see us we'd lay our hands on mom's belly Luca, this is dad this is mom, we love you you can't see us we're the best parents in the world love us with all you got and i love you speaking over that baby even though he couldn't see us but he could believing he could hear us so I, the nurse walked out she said you have i think like two minutes i are going to get the doctor we said a quick prayer and i looked at tara's belly and i said luca it's your dad you're getting ready to come out and see us but i need you to do me a favor listen to me right now. I said, here's my instructions. And I repeated back to him what the nurse told me he needed to do. You believe that boy did somersaults and flips and turned around, got himself in a position to come and be birthed naturally? Why? Because he heard the voice of his father and it had been speaking in a way that he recognized it and he followed the instructions and he arrived at the place he was designed to arrive at. This story is not about me or her. It's about the fact that God is speaking over our lives when we can't see him. And he's saying, hey, listen, listen, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't be that way. Don't keep them. Get away from that. Put it to the side. Become aware of your flaws. Let somebody else know. And know that I have an appointment with you to touch you in a way that you never imagined and go all the way to the point of your disability, your dysfunction heal you there. He'll heal you there. Not now, the way you are, but there when it happened. God, I thank you this morning for your love and mercy. It's so great. I thank you that you are so great to us, God. God, I thank you that you hear us when we call. God, I pray that you would open our ears that are hearing it will release our mouths to be able to speak.